Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 As believers in Jesus and His teachings, we don't live for this life. Yes, we are in this present world, but we are not of it. We have a role to play in our covenant, which means partnership with God, while we are here. But it is not our life, only our service and fellowship in His work, as we wait for our better life to come. We are on a mission in this mission field called Earth. And if we look at it as such, we will not so easily be caught up in the trivial things of this life. We won't try to build heaven here, but rather bring heaven here. You see, we can look at the Garden of Eden as a place where heaven and earth met. Why? Because that God and man walked together there in fellowship. And the scriptures tell us that where God is, that is heaven. And where man is, in the flesh, is earth. So where they both are is a merged space, a place where heaven touches earth. And this can only happen where there is holiness. For we know as it is written in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14, that without holiness no man shall see the Lord. Yet because that sin crept in in the garden, man fell from the perfection of what God had created, that place of fellowship where heaven and earth melded. Fast forward a few thousand years and a tabernacle or dwelling place was constructed. In this tent or temple, God could dwell, and if a priest was cleansed, he could enter in for a short time. And in this small space, heaven and earth were merged once again. Yet was this space very limited. So we fast forward a few more thousand years again, and God does a new thing that exceeds far beyond what anyone had imagined. He puts his spirit into a new temple the man, Jesus. This temple lived and breathed and walked among men once again. A new space where heaven and earth were merged, and this time was it not confined to the small space of the Holy of Holies in the temple, which was only accessible by those who were ritualistically cleansed for a moment by the blood of goats and lambs. Now the temple was mobile. John chapter 2 verse 19 tells us this, Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. Then finally comes the crucifixion. And in death does Jesus release his spirit. The temple is demolished and the spirit is freed from it. Then three days later, God reveals it and Jesus is resurrected. 
he tells his followers that he must return to the Father so that they can receive of his Spirit. Then on the day of Pentecost, after much time in prayer, the Holy Spirit came and rested upon them like fire, just like it had come to the tabernacle or temple of old so many times before. And they knew that in seeing this, that it meant that they were now his new tent, his dwelling place among men, a place where heaven and earth met once again, because heaven is where God is. Luke chapter 17 verse 20 tells us this, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them saying, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, lo, it is here or lo, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. How could this be? How could the kingdom of God dwell Within men, well, it couldn't the way that they were then. But Jesus' coming changed something. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You see, it was because of sin in the garden that there was a separation made between God and man because God cannot be where sin is, only where holiness dwells. For he is holy and he will not share his glory with another. Therefore, only where holiness is can his spirit reside. Therefore, did our bodies have to be atoned for, washed by the blood of the Passover lamb that was fulfilled at the crucifixion of the man Jesus, who was blameless, faultless, and without sin. He was spotless. He was perfection. And his blood was shed to make an atonement for us that the temple of our bodies might be cleansed so that we can then receive his Holy Spirit into it and carry it out to those who have not yet experienced it. Those who had received him were then commissioned to go out and to spread him, to tell others of the good news that God now fellowshiped with men again. Yet does it not end there, because he also tells them to prepare for more, because one day Jesus will return to the earth with a new home. He himself will be the temple once again, bringing with him new Jerusalem, that promised city, the one given to Abraham by covenant, the one that his descendant will rule the whole world from. And with him, all those who believed him, followed him, and were grafted into that promise through a marriage covenant. Because rather you realize this or not, Jesus actually betrothed himself to us at the Last Supper before his crucifixion. When the disciples drank of that cup, they represented the church. That cup was a cup of covenant. Jesus said it was the cup of his blood and testament. So now the church, the true church, the church that abides in the words and teachings of Jesus Christ, they are his bride. And the bride inherits that which is the bridegroom's. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, we read this, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises given. 
Now understand this, that he did not say, and to the seeds, as in many, or being plural, but as of one, and thy seed, which is Christ. How amazing that all the promises of Abraham are granted to Jesus, who himself fulfilled the conditions and became a blessing to all the world. And we can partake of it by becoming part of his bride which adopts us into the family, just like Boaz did for Ruth, who was a Moabite. In this place, when it comes, this new Jerusalem, we will finally see a very large place where heaven and earth are merged, a place where righteousness is, because that only the righteous can enter in. This place will affect the whole world as it spreads forth truth and purity and brings creation back into a state that hasn't been seen since the Garden of Eden. A new earth and new heavens wherein dwelleth righteousness. My friend, live for that moment. Believe for that promise. It is the core of the gospel message. And as we wait for it, let us remember that we too have a purpose in the earth, a part to play in the covenant partnership relationship that we are in with him to be his temporary temple by which he can interact with men, the very embassies and ambassadors of heaven, the merging, until he comes again and brings the fullness of that great city, New Jerusalem. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we read this, that then now we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray for you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So why didn't God just do this from the beginning? Bring this new Jerusalem? Because that it says that only the righteous can enter into it. And he wants you there. So he tarries and gives his faithful ones a little more time to bring the truth of what he did for you to light. The good news that he made a way for you to take on his righteousness so that you too can enter into it. Because one day the old will all pass away and only the new will remain. And all those who cling to the old will perish with it. As Jesus said in Luke chapter 13 verse 3, Nay, but I tell you that except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. So that knowing this, he is patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, as we read in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Because the first step to receiving his righteousness is to humble yourselves in repentance, to turn away from wickedness, which is pride, rebellion, arrogance, and selfishness from which all suffering stems. Because that those things have no place. In New Jerusalem, the final place where earth will merge with heaven. A place of peace, righteousness, holiness, and fellowship with Jesus. Where we will once again eat of the tree of life 
and drink of the waters of God freely with him in paradise. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 5 gives us a little glimpse of this new creation, this place that God is making. It says, And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, which is a baby goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling shall walk together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of an asp, which is a type of snake, and not fear. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. These are things that cannot be done now because that death and violence is in the world. But there it will have been put to an end. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the isles of the sea. And he shall set up an assignment for the nations and shall assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four winds of the earth. And of course, the implication is that he is going to bring them to this place that he has been promising. But remember, my friend, that it is not for everyone. For only the righteous will enter into it. So take some time right now to bow your head in humble submission and repentance and cry out to Jesus. Ask to be washed by his blood and filled with his spirit. Acknowledge your sins as sins that you have sinned against him as even David did. That it was prideful, selfish, and rebellious. And ask to be forgiven. And not forgiven only, but empowered by his spirit, with the grace to walk away from it and be obedient to his gospel message. In Revelations chapter 21, verse 8, it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, come down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and i heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and be their god and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the throne said behold i will make all things new 
And he said unto me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the waters of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But to the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we all have to make a choice. Do we really believe the words of Jesus? Because those are among them. And if we believe them, then they will drive our actions and we will live by them. As we read in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, the things which were just mentioned above, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless at his coming an account that the long-suffering of our lord is salvation in other words to endure as we read in other scriptures those who endure till the end they are the ones who shall be saved paul said it's not just those who start the race but those who finish it it's about endurance in the faith that we have been given and here we read to account the long-suffering of our Lord as salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you throughout the New Testament. Time and time again, we are warned that we must abide, which means to remain in his presence, his word, his righteousness. Paul said at the end of his life that he was ready to receive his crowns and reward because that he had stood fast and finished his race as he said all eventually do who love the Lord's appearing that appearing yes means that they kept faith that he was coming that he was bringing this new Jerusalem one day that there would be a place where there would be emerging a space of heaven touching earth where God and man would fellowship but it's more than something that was coming. It was something that Paul daily lived in. He loved God's appearing because that in this moment we are the temple and he can come and touch us and touch others through us. Heaven and earth collide in the place that we abide. So don't forsake your prayer time, your worship, your communion, your fellowship with Jesus. Because those who daily walk in it will eventually walk into it. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.